and welcome to Stationer Jason, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford and joined as always by my friend and my co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey, Stu. How are you today? I'm absolutely spiffing. Thank you, Justin. How are you? It's a little brisk here, Stu. It was mm. four degrees this morning. Mm. Good Lord, I very nearly spat out my gold beer. I went outside to look at the stars, as is my early morning want. It's amazing how dark it is with no light pollution, and I can see all the stars. And quickly realized that it was bloody cold. Wow. And went back inside and had some hot coffee. But yes, uh, apparently we have this thing called seasons up here. Uh, yeah, well, we do, but they're, they're a bit different. So I'm right now, it's, uh, it's up past five in the evening for me, and it's 23 degrees. Oh, I would certainly go for that. Uh, the four, four degrees Celsius was just a little on the uh, brisk side. So, yeah. But apart from that, we're doing well. I got to follow up this uh, week. Oh, got a really, really lovely email from a listener, Jamie, about the last episode. Thank you so much. Your comments meant a lot to us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, indeed. And um, I have to, without giving away any OPSEC, uh, Jamie's from Wiltshire, so not far from HQ of Nero's Notes, which is in Amesbury, which is also in Wiltshire. There you go. Interesting. You know, I'm going to have to look that up on a map now, Stu. <laughs> uh, just look for Stonehenge. It's right there. Oh, I know Stonehenge. Yes. There you go. Cool. Very cool. I got the iPad mini this week. Oh, well, according to the, uh, the podcasterati or the glitterati of podcasts, uh, the, it, it's the real thing. It's the real deal. Um, I haven't seen much of it. Ah, then it must be good. Well, I, I had to fix it because there was a problem. Mm. This is my wife's and she did the choice to transfer the settings from another device which in her case was her phone. Now, I don't know about you. My phone is quite minimal. I have a lot of storage, but most of that is music, podcasts, pictures that are all live in the cloud. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, if you try to fit however many games and social media apps that my wife has onto an iPad mini that is not that big. I only got the 64 gig. It creates all kinds of wonderful transfer problems. This thing went into basically an infinite loop of it would lock and unlock and lock and unlock and lock and unlock. It took me a few minutes. My wife was saying, just send it back. It's broken. And I, f I finally got into it, which is really hard when you've got somebody else's fingers that you need to, honey, can you unlock this? Honey, can you unlock that? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unlock that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got into it, realized sort of what the problem was. It was still trying to download apps when it was full, got her to go in and delete some of the ones big games that she doesn't play <laughs> 740 of them. Yeah. That's about it. There were some that were like 1.5 gigabytes for a game. I have no idea what kind of stuff that thing is slurping up of your personal data. Oh, all of it. Pretty much. So anyway, we did that. I got rid of that. Uh, that was where I got to play with it a little bit. It is the perfect size. The screen seems a little slow and not as responsive as I would like, uh, but maybe that's just sort of the modern technology. Mm. Um, I felt like I had to sort of push with my hand, my fingers a little too much, but it was a very, very nice machine. 
I think as a consumption device, it's really on my list of choices to think about. I want to go and see the rest of the colors though, but what color did it, did you get for, for the wife? I got the, oh, what was it called? It's, it's basically a champagne white, silvery white color. Starlight. Oh, that's it. That's it. Um, I can't remember what cover color I got because Apple logistics, I got the pencil the day after I ordered it. I got the iPad the day it released and the, uh, case for it is of course back ordered. Oh yes. So I got to be caseless for a little bit, which means she's scared to use it and it's just sitting on the table. Yeah. Apple care plus. Well, I do have that, but, uh, anyway, she's, uh, mm. she, she seems to be happy with it now that she's got it set up and we got past that little glitch. Uh, but that is something to think about. If you're switching devices, make sure your storage is well managed because it took me a little while to figure out what's going on. And I think for, you know, a, a lot of other people, it may have been going back in the box and back to Apple. Mm, for sure. For sure. But still I'm, I'm. Mrs. L and I have a plan as yet undated to, to go down to our, our reseller here. Um, and really I want her to play with the 12s mm. because I'm, I'm, I'm interested in size choice for her. So we both have tens. Um, and I think that she'll, she'll want to pretty much a, a 10 size. So a 13, mm. um, I don't think there's really any point in getting out of the pro because it doesn't really take photos. And I think she'd find the camera bump pretty intrusive. The, you know, the pro versions, the camera bump is, I was just listening to ATP before we started recording and you know, the, the, the phone rocks <laughs> if you put it on a flat surface and type. So I think it'll be a 13, but I just want to check because I'm still really, really, really tempted by the mini, even though everybody goes, oh, the battery life, the battery life, the battery life. Given that I'm an ancient being. I, I don't stare at my phone for seven hours a day. Um, it's, it's mostly on standby <laughs> as a communication device. So I'm not sure that I would burn through the battery quite as quickly as some other users. So I'm very tempted by that. And so we, what we have to do is we go and play with the 12s, make some decisions and then say, when you get these in and they'll go, well, yeah, it could be, could be next week or yeah, it could be next month. Um, oh. I suppose in a push, it could be next year. Then we'll, we'll buy them. That's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the joy of living in a country with no Apple stores. Yep. I'm about 400 and some kilometers to my nearest Apple store. So I understand this. Yeah, but at least they'll deliver to you. This is true. <laughs> this is true. I can't order online. Even. It's very sad. Yeah. I, I would love it if they just sent everything in one package because three deliveries is a pain. But anyway. Uh, we won't talk about deliveries because I have thoughts on one of my local courier companies. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So my, I, I got to go off on this rant. Go on then. Go for it. Uh, my wife, I, I was, she wanted a new vacuum cleaner. Ours was, uh, we have a dog. You know what dog hair does to vacuum cleaners. Uh-huh. So we, we said, okay, rather than these cheap ones that break every 16, 18 months, let's get a nice one. So we ordered a Dyson online sure. and Dyson shows up with a courier at five o'clock in the evening, no notice, no idea when it's coming. It just kind of shows up 
they take it, they leave a little sticker and tell me that I have to drive to the next city, which is a, a good drive there and back is, is over an hour mm-hmm. to this place that is only open between nine and four o'clock Monday to Friday. How bloody convenient. Exactly. So, yeah, they don't do re-deliveries or anything. So it was like, you've got to be kidding me. So anyway, I'm less than happy with Dyson and the, and the courier company out here, but I guess that's what you get for living out in the, in the boonies. Uh, you're not doing this right, Justin. You're not doing this right. You just go back to the, the place you bought it and you say, okay, just take it back. Refund me. It's fine. And you'd be amazed how quickly a re-delivery could be organized. Mm, okay. I, I, that's, that's a gamble that I would not pay when I'm talking to <laughs> Mrs. T. Okay. All right. Uh, honey, guess what? I said, I, I told them where to stick your Dyson. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I would not be long for this earth. <laughs> I see. I, okay. I can see the lesser of two evils is going to win out here. And so when, when are you driving to the next city? Uh, Monday. <laughs> Very good. Well done. You. Uh, dear. All right. Well, I've got some feedback then. Uh, not feedback. What, what are we calling it? Follow up. The, I've, I've started the checklist manifesto by Atul Gawande. I think, I hope I've pronounced that right. Mm-hmm. Um, what a great recommendation. Oh, good. Uh, fascinating read. Brilliant. Um, I've, I was just reading a little bit earlier, so I'm thinking about 60 odd percent through now. Good. Um, and I would, I would say to, to anyone, um, regardless of his conclusions, which I haven't reached, I think I can guess what they're going to be, but it's just full of brilliant anecdotes and some interesting science and stuff that you probably didn't know. Uh, so well worth read just for that. Mm-hmm. It's a very approachable read as well. I think. Yes, it is. It is. It's interesting. I mean, it, I, I was talking with TJ the other day and I said, look, it's not the sort of thing that I can read just before bed mm-hmm. because there are, there are passages where, you know, 150 facts come flying at you at speed. And, and that's, I need to be more energized to sort of take those on board, but it's, it is really approachable. It's a lovely read with some, some scary stories and some heartwarming stories. It's good. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, I want to get into the tool of the week cause I'm reading ahead and see what you've, what you've got here. What, what's your ah. tool of the week, Stu? Um, yep. Yeah, notifications. Mm. So there, there's a story behind this. I mean, you and I think are very similar which is that um, all of our machines are not allowed to, t- to, to chirp, beep, or do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, our sort of default setting is everything off, which can be a little bit counterintuitive with the telephone. People sort of phone you and say, why don't you answer? So sorry, I, I don't have any alerts. So unless I'm looking at the phone when you ring, I don't answer, which is not what I do incidentally, but it's close to that. So pretty much that's, that's pretty much it. When I'd, when, when I updated and upgraded everything to iOS 15, and um, I'm going to say it's watchOS 8, is eight, it? 8, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow or other, notifications got switched back on, which in itself isn't too bad, except that notifications for the devil's work here on Earth got switched on, uh, by which I mean Microsoft Teams. So... Microsoft Teams, particularly in these, these COVID times, these pandemic times, the, the, the one that I'm involved in is incessant. And there are loads of channels and people just, just blurbing away. Um, mostly nonsense, I have to say. 
but suddenly and I was I was on a golf course and my watch sort of just became this instant massage machine because it was just constantly just shaking uh, with notifications. All coming from Microsoft Teams. Now, as it happens, one of them was from somebody you know, directly messaging me saying, um, listen, can we, can we chat? I just need to touch base on you know, X, Y, and Z. And I was able to then just go back on the, on the watch and say, I'll come back to you at you know, 2 o'clock or whatever, um, because I didn't really want to do that on a golf course. And I thought, oh, well, that's really useful. And then I was thinking about focus modes. I've been setting up focus modes. So if people don't know, on iOS 15, uh, there's a thing called focus where you can pretty much customize which notifications, which people, which applications can, can disturb you according to mode. So you can set different contexts. Uh, so Justin and I would probably go, well, why would we do that? We'd never have anything on. But but other people might say, well, actually, you know, from from nine to nine thirty, I'm going to do deep work, and then for the rest of the working day, I'll just answer email and social media, which is a lot of my colleagues seem to work like that. You're not joking, there, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. So I started thinking about, okay, yeah, so deep work, I could, you know, maybe just hive off the morning hours are the most important for me in terms of creativity. So um, you know, I guess eight till twelve, short of plague, a meteor, or impending death, nothing is going to get through. That, that's kind of the setting. And Justin's thinking, okay, so default. But then after that, there's maybe a work time where I am doing what I would consider my lower energy stuff. So that's um, answering stupid questions from colleagues. That's looking at admin. That's doing you know various and sundry sort of worky work tasks, playing with spreadsheets, that type of nonsense. And so during those, I kind of like to make myself more available um, because I suppose it creates the illusion that I sometimes care. And, <laughs> and I, I thought I can, I can actually create sort of high notification statuses, sort of the opposite of focus. Sort of, you know, <laughs> the focus is disturb me. Here I am <laughs> and, and everything will get through. And I, then at the end of that period, whatever that period will be, I suspect like Justin, it'll just get shorter and shorter. You've got eight minutes where you can notify me of something, otherwise forget it. But no, just have that sort of session where I get the full benefit of notifications, where I have to say it's great to be able to just look at my watch and go, okay, yeah, ignore that. Or, oh, that's interesting. And then I tend to then look at it on another device. But I found some positivity in notifications. That was, that was the epiphany for me. Mm -hmm. I was actually going to ask you about focus mode at some point because I saw it and went, why the hell would I want somebody to actually get through to me um, and disturb me? But that's just me. So yes, um, I, I, I'm interested to see what you do with that. I will have to look at it at some point, but the whole point of it seems counterintuitive to what I've already got, which is very much no notifications at all. Now, in my defense, I sit at a computer and I, I, I don't have notifications on, but I have little red dots that show up when something, somebody is pointing something to me mm -hmm. uh, on my closed applications on, on my toolbar. Sure. And that is my definition of a notification. If it's really, really important, you can get through to me. You can send me a text and that'll pop up. I'll see that. You can send me you know, a, a phone call 
And if I'm at my desk, generally the phone's here as well. So I'll, I'll kind of see it, but, uh, yeah, having things that beep on my wrist. Oh, that just scares me. Stu. You can disable that, you know? Yeah. I, I don't do beeps. Uh, <laughs> the watch, the watch is silent, but, um, you can have it do those sort of, you know, haptic touch and just, it just lets me know there's a notification. And, you know, I think what, what I'm excited about or in, uh, excited is the wrong word. What I'm interested in is the ability to get really quite granular with what you do. So, um, I have at the moment, I have a podcasting mode and the only, the only thing that can get through is Mrs. L. And even then it has to be repeated attempts. Oh, you're more daring than I am. <laughs> well, no, I mean, trust me, this has been pre-approved. So it's like, okay, you're not gonna be able to get through to me just in case you accidentally phone me. Cause that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do need me. And, you know, like the house is on fire or the dog is trying to throw itself off the ceiling or I don't know, then, you know, ring me three times and it'll come through or text me three times and it'll come through. So you can do that. And then you could also, um, because sometimes, you know, listener, this is going to be a, a shock to you, but sometimes, uh, we lose connectivity or connection and then Justin has to call me or I have to call Justin. And if you've got everything switched off. Uh, I've usually got my head in the fridge getting another beer and it, it can all just get a bit confusing. So you, you can actually set it that Justin can get through to me for, for podcasting. What, what I can't do is get a notification that will just turn the dogs off. <laughs> just both charge down the driveway towards the front gate. They're going to go and bark ferociously at something, <laughs> whether it's real or imagined, who knows? Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking into how I can make notifications more my friend than the sworn enemy. Although I think I will end up back pretty close to where I was with most of the time, my machines leave me alone. But also what's nice is the ability to, this is quite new. I think if I set the focus mode on my phone, then it automatically goes to that focus mode on my watch and on my iPad. Mm, that's nice. And one would assume one day that will link through to the Mac too, which will be great. That's a big assumption, isn't it? <laughs> well, yes, indeed. But given that um, my argument is that the new Mac is in fact just an iPhone. This is true. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that it will all work. I, I was actually going to ask what, when you were talking about your, hmm. your 12.9 adventure for Mrs. L. Have you thought about just getting her a, a, a Mac Air? She's got, um, she's got the 11 inch iPad, which she was using as her sole computer for, well, I don't know, six months, maybe. And she was getting on fine. Uh, she's, she's not what you would call a power user. Ah, so this is a technical support issue. You don't want to support it. <laughs> well, you know, Facebook and stuff. She loved it. Uh, it was great. She thought it was super. Now that she's working, uh, she's kind of being dragged into the windows world. And she went, oh, 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 oh. oh, if only we had a laptop. I said, well, funnily enough. <laughs> oh, you finally found a use for it. <laughs> exactly. You know that black paperweight? Um, that's really a terribly expensive laptop. You're going to love this. Um, and she's <laughs> she's now back into that for, for work. And she's, yeah, she's very happy with it. It's very lightweight. Uh, it's a small form factor. It's, it's the equivalent of a MacBook Air, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it does it does everything that she wants. So uh, it makes me feel a lot less guilty about having bought a MacBook Air now. So um, that's, that's all good on that front. Guilt. Uh, 
Uh, guilt can be assuaged by a purchase of technology for somebody else in the house, as I found out. Yeah, there you go. You see that? Here's my big monitor. You can have a, an 8.3 inch iPad. <laughs> the size comparison was a little unfortunate, but yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> yep, close enough. It, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> exactly. And what about you? What's been your uh, tool of the week? All right. So I, my tool of the week is my home and particularly my home office where I am particularly productive. Uh, I had a short commute to work this week. I went back to my job uh, because it was our year end. I needed to go into the office physically and follow up on a few things. And there's a couple of things that I wanted just to be there. It's sort of my first uh, month end without being anywhere close to an office. So I had a small little 425 kilometer commute, uh, which was actually lovely. I left uh, in the early hours and saw dawn come up over the mountains and the beautiful colors. It was, it was really, really therapeutic. Got to listen to some absolutely wonderful podcasts. Uh, the ATP was on my drive home last night, which was very good. Excellent episode. But when I was there, I stayed in a hotel and I've forgotten just how sometimes those stays in a hotel do not go well. I had this image in my mind that I was going to get in, go into straight into the hotel after work. I was going to grab a bite to eat in the hotel, have a drink in the bar, and then go up and do some work in the room. Well, of course, I got there to this hotel that you book online because that's what we do nowadays. There was a restaurant, but it was closed due to COVID. They just weren't doing anything. So I ended up having to drive, get back in the car or my truck and drive to somewhere to find food. Well, of course you get there, everything's busy, lots of people get back. There's no parking for my big truck. I'm having to do a very creative uh, Mr. Bean style parking, you know, a uh, 15 point parking turn to get, you know, between those three inches on either side of the truck that were left in the one parking spot that was, that was brutal. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I wasn't particularly productive and I certainly wasn't particularly well rested. So I was so glad to get home last night. I came down this morning early. I'm productive back on my, on my home setup. Everything's here. It's just, you know, Everybody's talking about whether to work at home or go back into an office. If you have a choice, look at your productivity. Now I'm, I'm lucky I have the space. I do realize that I'm privileged to have a space that I can call my office, but certainly, you know, been in an office with people wanting to talk and just stop by. And it was a whole lot less productive of a trip than I was hoping for had I just kind of worked from home. But, um, anyway, it is, it is one of those things. So when you're bosses are thinking about going back into an office, perhaps you can make a justification for home setup, even with teams. <laughs> exactly. With Microsoft teams, what could possibly go wrong? No, I mean, I think, I think, you know, as you say, it, it is a privilege to have a really nice space and, you know, we're both at, at that sort of time of life where we don't have kids sort of, you know, bursting through doors and things. So. You know, for me, the, the idea of, of going back into an office environment was there's part of me that wants that social interaction and, you know, the chat and uh, yeah, I suppose the fun, I don't think any, any of 
any part of me thinks it would be productive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it would, it would be just, you know, just, I just look at a commute of any size now and go, God, what a waste of time that is. Ah, uh, 425k. That's, that's fine, Stu. You can get caught up on all kinds of podcasts listening. Yeah, absolutely. You can. And, you know, I dare say there's lots of stuff you can do that's relevant to work, you know, as long as it's research, audio and all of that sort of stuff. But <laughs> at the same time, you just think, well, you know, what would I be doing if I was at home now? Oh, I know I'd be, you know, plowing through this and finishing that and doing this and doing that. And then I'd be going, oh, it's time to take a dog for a walk. Which is probably, I'm going to guess, better than being sedentary in a moving bullet, which is essentially what commuting is. So, yeah, I mean, we are very lucky in that, and the world has changed. And yeah, it's up to companies now to work out how to, to make the best of this while minimizing the worst of it. Mm -hmm. uh, which There are definitely ways that we could do that. Oh, for sure. It was an interest, interesting um, revelation for me. There we go. We've both had revelations. Uh, we certainly have. All right. Tell you want to talk pens in the ink of the week, Stu? I'm not sure if I want to. It's a sad, sad story. Well, you kind of have to tell your story first. We, we need to get that out of the way, I think. Um, I broke my pen <gasps> of the week. I was, uh, remember I said uh, I had to go to a restaurant? Said restaurant, I was sitting writing in my journal. The food came. I put my pen inside my journal, moved it over and realized, of course, that somebody had dropped something and I had to move it because I didn't want the leather cover of my book getting all messed up. And as I did that, the pen went flying and dropped on the hard floor Ouch. and broke. It cracked the barrel right off from the thread, so it is not fixable. It was the Estabrook Esty. Uh, I had a absolutely gorgeous 1670 uh, Rouge Hermitite from J. Alban uh, in it. And I was absolutely loving that. It is going to be one of those things. Luckily, I was on Estabrook's site the other night. I just have to measure up and send them an email and see if I can purchase a replacement. But it's, it's actually my first broken pen. And I'm, I'm very sad, Stu. Oh, well, and you know. I'm tempted to say, let's have a minute's silence. You know, the, the passing of a pen is a very sad moment. Yeah, but then, you know, I don't do silences in podcasts, so I'll have to edit the minute out. Ah, of course, fussy editor will come out, won't he? Yeah. Hey, well, yes. No, it was, uh, it was a very, you know, you know that sound when something hits the floor and you just know, oh, that's not good. Yeah, you, actually, before it hits the ground, you know what's going to happen. It's, it's, you just feel that sort of sinking feeling and then you hear the sound, it's all confirmed and you just go, oh, if I could just go back in time 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. I, I feel for you, my friend. Thank you. So, so what's your pen of the week? Well, I, I read your story. <laughs> so immediately I went into my pen drawer and I, I pulled out um, the Coeco Brass Sport, dropped it. Uh, it smashed the concrete tile that it landed on. I'll, I'll have to replace that. <laughs> That's about it. But the pen is fine. Uh, this, this pen, my wife's car, which we call the beast is, is a BMW X3. So, I mean, it's an SUV. It weighs a ton and a half. Um, and it's driven over this pen twice. And the, the only, there's a tiny little sort of notch up in the, up in the cap there that sort of shows that this pen has been in the walls. 
the Koweko Brass Sport for me is is Koweko. This is the pen that, that makes Koweko what it is. People don't know it's a pocket pen. It's quite short. But when you post the cap, uh, it becomes a full-length pen. The Koweko Brass, surprise, surprise, is made of brass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, well, it's a bit of an animal, really. <laughs> this, is, this is heavy. Uh, you could certainly use it as a knuckle duster if you wanted to. Um, and it comes with, well, Boxdown and Koweko nibs, who their nibs are quite contentious. They're made either by Bok or by Yovo. It's never really declared which, because you know, both of those makers brand the nibs Koweko. Uh, it's the steel, and they can, out of the pack, be a little bit awkward. Mm-hmm. They can need a little bit of tuning. Quality control has never been fabulous. But if you get a good one, or if you just get a little bit of, what do, what do you call it, micromash, and just give it a little rub, you can generally fix it yourself. And it's just an amazing workhorse pen. This is the pen I take hiking with me. You know, it's just cartridge, so uh, standard short. Uh, I did a lucky dip, and I've got a sort of very nice sort of orange ink. I think this must be a... Oh, very nice. It must be a Koweka one, or maybe a diamine. I'm not sure which color, but I've... I sort of got a whole bunch of, of cartridges and put them in a bag. So I just should have reach in and drag one out. But yeah, it was, I thought, having read your story, I'm not going to tempt fate with, with a big expensive pen. I'm going to have my, my indestructible Koweko to hand. Lovely. Lovely. I've got a couple of the ALs, but I don't mm-hmm. have the brass. Uh, I'm not sure my wrist is strong enough for that. Well, the, the middle ground is, yeah, there's a sort of raw aluminium one. Um, which is very nice, but it does mark up really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you say, there's, uh, there's black ales, I think yeah, there's black ale. There's a sort of denim one, which is quite funky. Yep. I have, I have a few of these. I've, I've actually got one that has carbon fiber inserts. Yeah. I remember that one when that came out because I, I looked at the wholesale prices and then he fell off my chair. I was like, what, what happened here? <laughs> which, this is a, this is a plastic pen, isn't it? Um, and they read a bit more. Yes. Yeah. Lovely pen though. Lovely pen. Mm. All right. Our topic for today. What is it, Stu? You can, you can introduce this one. Okay. So yeah, this one was one that came up at the end of last week. This was a working stuff out in a journal, Mm -hmm. new age nonsense or valuable tool. That is the question. New age nonsense or valuable tool. Valuable tool. I'm going to, I'm going to jump into that right off the bat. It's, it's Stu kind of talked about this and suggested it at the end of our last episode and boy is this a timely timely topic for me uh i've been going through a lot lately um there's some you know health problems going on in the family that are creating some challenges uh some uncertainty and everything like that and i've been going through a notebook and a pen to really get my thoughts down, to write them down and just get the clarity, you know, to get out all that negative stuff that you tend to think about just to expend all that negativity by blowing it out on a journal and working through your feelings, working through all of the stuff that's going on just to get to a little bit of clarity and writing things down in a journal has been so helpful for me um maybe a little new agey but definitely a valuable mental health tool for me Mm. 
Stu, for for you, what do you, where do you draw the line between working stuff out in a journal and writing stuff on a computer? Um, I, my position on this sort of evolves. Um, I mean, I think talking to a lot of people, a lot of people talk to me in Nero's notes about journaling because um, I used to write a lot of posts about how I journaled and my notebook usage and. Uh, yeah, it's a notebook company. That's that's kind of what we do. But um, there are some people who log, uh, so they at the end of the day, or even during the day, or possibly the beginning of the day after, they'll they'll kind of write what happened. So uh, I've done that sometimes, and and if I'm not particularly inspired, I'll still do it. So you know, I, I was really productive this morning, got a great result with the Jones account, and lunch was awesome. I had a double helping, uh, which is not the sort of thing that I think. You know, future generations are going to take great pleasure and they're not going to read that and go, well, this is amazing. Um, this guy should publish a book. But it sometimes, it helps me, I don't know, just categorize my day and all of the subconscious stuff that's going on there, I think is really important because most of us now work, not in a vacuum, but close to. So we you know we live in our our keyboards and our you know Teams meetings and Zoom and all of this type of stuff, and I don't know about you, Justin, but the only person who's going to tell me I was really productive this morning is me, and I don't generally do it unless I take the time just to make a journal note. So even that sort of boring log actually contains something important, which I think is something that journal journaling does, which is to acknowledge the good to give yourself a little pat on the back, give you some praise. Mm-hmm. The other type of journaling, as you say, is, is, is more sort of meditative. It's more musing. So it's, you know, the more I work, the more I realize the ultimate utility of capitalism. Our world needs poetry, not commerce. <laughs> now, that very prosaic. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I was getting very new age there. But, um, you know, that type of journaling, I think, is nice as well because it, that's clearly taking you out of the moment, taking you uh, away from the humdrum, the mundane, and just, just giving yourself a little chance to, to, to throw some words around. And again, I think that that's, that's important. It's a kind of meditation. It's a kind of be in the moment. It's um, think, breathe, slow down. All of the things that, that are sort of new work methods discourage us from doing. Uh, so I think they make a, a fantastic counterpoint to modern life. Some people have said to me, well, I do that in, in, in my keyboard. Okay, fantastic. That's great. If, if that works for you, then that works for you. And there are some brilliant apps. I mean, I think we spoke before about Daytimer is a great app. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, increasingly gets better and better because you can put photos in it and you can link to files and you've got, you know, Obsidian that, that we're both, you know, quite keen on. You can, you can set up daily journaling prompts and templates in that. And, and some people really enjoy it. For me, the fact that 99% of my work happens on a keyboard means that this little thing, being able to do this by hand in a book or on a card or on paper gives me that, uh, that counterpoint even more. It, it emphasizes that I'm not doing something for the sake of being productive. I'm doing something 
just to take stock of where I am. So for me, I think it's an absolute lifesaver. I think it's hugely important. And as you've just pointed out, particularly when we're facing challenges, particularly when we need an ability to express a chance to, to let things out. Sometimes you, you can do that with a friend. Other times you can do it with your friend, the diary. You know, you can just pour those words onto the page. And there's something cathartic about saying things. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I use journaling for. Um, and I'm, you know, I've, I sort of made in, in my note of, for actually the last few weeks, I've been out of sorts with my journal mm -hmm. because my life has changed. Now, um, nothing life shattering, but my wife goes to work now. And uh, shattering for her, she gets up at five in the morning, which is really not her favorite favorite time of day by about five hours. <laughs> what that means is that at five a.m., which used to be very private time for me, because there were not even the dogs would get up with me; they would just look at me and go, "What are you doing?" But that's when I would go and write my journal. But now I'm getting up and and making sure that her lunch is ready and her coffee for her flask and all of that stuff, and she's you know, getting ready for the day and all of my work, all of my journals, all of those things are in the office downstairs, which I don't get to until after I've been out for a walk with the dogs after, uh, Margaret's gone to work and kind of when I come into the office, I'm, I'm ready then I'm that's it. Let's, let's get my day rocking and I'm hitting things. Cause these are my most productive hours. These are sort of golden hours for me. Um, and so I fire in and get stuff done and then slowly through the day my energy level depletes and margaret comes home we have our main meal during the week uh, which oh, i'm now responsible for cooking um we oh, have that wow. around four yeah so we have that around 4 p.m uh because she gets home from work around three she's been out since uh, she leaves the house about quarter to seven and you know it, it's it's quite a healthy way for me to eat is just to have you know, something light in the morning eat that at four o'clock and that's us for the day. Mm -hmm. But what happens is then that I, because I've got work and I'm watching the clock and I think, okay, I need to go upstairs and prep dinner. Uh, so I work, 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 go upstairs, prep dinner. We have dinner, we talk, you know, the, the day comes to an end and all my journals are downstairs again. So I don't do them. And I've noticed that I become harder to live with if I'm not journaling. Mm. Um, I, I certainly become harder to work with and, you know, before, before we went on air, right, you and I were sharing some, some anecdotes from the, from the workplace where I, I think some of the anger that builds up in me through, through the work day, um, gets vented through, through the journal. And if I don't have that vent, then I, I become quite sort of mad, bad and dangerous to know in a corporate sense. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm quite, e you know quite prone to jumping on somebody saying something stupid and say, you know, and sort of, you know, chew them out for it, uh, which, you know, uh, there's a time and a place for that. And generally speaking, uh, the best thing to do with that is not do it would be my advice. Write it in the journal. <laughs> yeah. Just put it in a journal. So, you know, talking about this today sort of prompted me to think, okay, you know, my, my sort of daily routine has changed. I need to now rejig that again so that I can, I can fit that time in for, for journaling and you know, what, what I call the meditation sort of element of it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I completely agree that it is so easy to get out of a habit with all the disruption in my life 
uh, packing, moving, and trying to set up uh, a new a new house in a different city. Well, different town, to be honest, because it's small town. It's been it's been quite challenging for me to have even my early morning journaling practice. I'm trying to do that because you know certainly I have a lot of stuff that uh, you know therapy free therapy. It's either talk to Stu or write in a journal and uh, Stu doesn't want to talk to me that much per week. So, uh, <laughs> the journal, the journal is good for that. You know, one of the challenges that I had in the middle of the move when everything was going on, um, I have professional packers and we talked about this. They packed everything. They packed all my journals, including like my work diary and everything. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it took me a few weeks to find that. Last weekend, I, I certainly sat down. I was having a really rough day. You know, again, it comes down. We talked about it last week, embracing uncertainty, something that was supposed to happen, a hospital appointment. All of a sudden, instead of taking an hour, took four. Sure. And that was very frustrating for me um, because that pushed some of the other things that I had planned because, you know, even on a weekend, I probably hyperschedule. So I, I was a little frustrated and I came and I sat down and I wrote and, and it was one of those writings too, that I went back and looked at it, uh, the day after, and I couldn't even read my own writing, which kind of told me how frustrated I actually was and how therapeutic that writing session was sure. for me. Uh, but one thing that I have sort of thought about, and I'm going to bring it up as a bit of a morbid thought, what do you do with your journals? The, the reason that I bring this up, Stu, is I have, yeah, I'll talk about some of my other journals in a minute, but this is kind of on my mind. I created a separate journal that is in a really nice uh, notebook. It's a Visconti notebook. So, uh, yeah, you know, rocking the leather on that one. Mm -hmm. um, but that is the one book that if I'm gone, I would like to leave the family. My other books that I journal in, I, I don't get rid of them because sometimes for me, it helps me to go back and say, all of this is, has happened before. And I can go back and look at it and say, here's where it happened before. And I came through it and those feelings, they were okay. Just, you know, I can help myself look through those, but really if, if anybody read through my journals, they would think I was a real grumpy old man. Let's put it that way. Because it's me working out stuff. The stuff that's on my mind, I like to write it down. Now, not all of my journals are the same way. There, I have different books for different things, but certainly the one where I'm working things out is uh, probably the worst of me because it's, it's the stuff that you know isn't good in your mind that you write down. Do you do anything like that? Do you have a separate book? I've talked to my wife and I've gotten... Sticky notes in the front of each notebook. Uh, please don't read this. Destroy it. Uh, just in case, you know, it's a, it's a morbid thought. What do you do? But I, I, was, I thought it'd be an interesting discussion because otherwise you end up censoring yourself in your journals. Yeah. And that can be a problem for really the therapeutic side of working stuff out. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you've, you've pretty much covered all the bases there. The you know the the sort of frustration and the the anguish and the anger that you help mitigate by by writing in the journal 
that, that sort of stuff isn't for rereading. And as it happens, you couldn't reread it. <laughs> so, you know, Freud, Freud would say that nothing happens for an accident. That's why your handwriting was, you know, so, so difficult. It was, it, it's the process there that's important. It's not that there's some sort of archive or legacy. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you know, we are here for a, you know, a blink of an eye in cosmic terms. And if you, if you have thoughts or wisdom that, you know, you think is worth preserving or that you feel your loved ones might take some benefit from or future generations might take some benefit from, then it's nice to think of, as you say, having that in a nicely bound notebook. I tend to, I mean, I, my declared policy on this is I have no policy. So I write my, <laughs> I write my notes. I like you, I have lots of different notebooks for different things. So anybody, whether it be my wife or you know, some poor house clearer, um, <laughs> looking, looking at my shelves and go, what the hell is all this? <laughs> I mean, <there's, laughs> they're, they're labeled in a way that makes perfect sense to me. I'm not sure they'd make much sense to anyone else. Mm. And, uh, you know, my suspicion would be they will all end up in, uh, you know, in a fire pretty quickly. However, you never know. And I'll just leave that to the accident of history, whether, whether anything ever gets, um, picked up and read. I do have my daily drivers are books where I'm not really journaling. I'm more logging my day. Um, it's a sort of hybrid bullet journal system that I use. And I have currently I'm using Hobonichi, uh, the Hobonichi Teco to have a sort of formal daily diary journal whatever, whatever you want to call it, where I just write, you know, what I'm feeling. That's perhaps closer to your, to your nice one. But, you know, some negativity goes in there and some, some mundane stuff goes in there too. It's a bit mixed up. So I don't have something where I think, oh, hang on, here's, here's a Lennon gem. Let me record this for posterity. Um, I, I don't have anything like that. I, I just leave it to, to history. I mean, I'm moving next year. I'm not going to have um, a dated journal mm -hmm. i'm going to use i'm going to use a piece of a free form and uh, you know maybe write five pages one day and nothing for two days i don't you know i don't know i don't know how that's going to work but it's going to the writing a daily entry i think is a great discipline and it's fantastic for building a habit so that you get into the idea of doing it and it helped me sort of get rolling and i'm now in my my third hobonichi i'm going to say but I, I feel I'm kind of beyond that now. Sometimes I find myself writing things, thinking, oh, I've got to fill the page. Mm. And that's the wrong feeling. I don't want that. Yeah. Uh, I want to write when I have something to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. So one of the things that I did invest in, a lot of the reason I kind of look back at sort of my family history, and I know very little about, you know, my parents, my grandparents. I would like to have something for my daughter you know, long-term that she can know mm -hmm. who, who we were, who, who she is from the lens of me, Sure, you know, the pleasant memories that we have. I bought one of those little, they're kind of like a Polaroid uh, printer for computers. Mm -hmm. You just print from your, your phone. So I have those and I, you know, sometimes if we're doing something, I capture a nice picture. I'll put a, I'll put a picture in with a little piece of why that was important, what that meant to me. Something that I think, you know, is truly legacy writing. Sure. Uh, you know, it's not public writing. It's not going on the internet to 
you know, talk about how I feel. This is very much, here's something for the family, sort of, you know, when, when and if uh, something happens to me, there's something positive uh, there for me. The logging that you were talking about, I was actually thinking about that and something that I've done, I, I, we're going to go back to our favorite topic, the analog from Ugmont. Mm. There are three dots on the top right-hand side of each day. That is how productive I've been from one to three. Okay. Uh, so at the end of the every, every day, when I am doing my, whatever you call it, migration, my review, I will actually look at myself and say, how did the day go? And that's really my logging nowadays. Uh, I've gone less away, gone less from a, a written standpoint, just to here's everything checked off and here's how my day went. Was it, did I feel good about it? Was I productive? Was I, you know, was I happy? Uh, because all of those things really have to be the, there to get a three-star day. And that's kind of just one of those little weird things that I found a good use for. Very cool. Yeah, I like that. That's uh, it's a great idea. I mean, an anecdote that I'll share with you about the power of journaling. Just the other day, I, I think I mentioned it before on the podcast, I, I did a focus course with, um, you know, the Sean Blanc Media. Mm-hmm. And I'm now, um, I can't remember what it is. I'm a member. Okay, there's, well, I was involved in, in, the, in some betas and we were talking about how he's going to develop his business. Uh, and there's, there's a kind of membership now where you can, gain access to all of the training material and some seminars and, you know, it, it's really good. Have a look at it. Um, I, the, there'll be an affiliate link. No, there won't be an affiliate link, but, um, <laughs> um, I really recommend having a look at that because there's some fantastic stuff that, uh, that Sean and the team do. And just, just this week he had David Sparks, who I know you're, you're very fond of as well. Max Sparky. Yeah. Talking about his, uh, morning routine and his afternoon routine. Um, sort of, you know, open the day, close the day type stuff, which I know is stuff that you and I have discussed. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, well, Max Barkey, yeah, I'm going to watch that. That's, that's for sure. And I didn't watch it live because everything happened sort of late at night for me, but went through the whole thing and Sean shared something about his journaling, uh, which is sort of come up in the questions that flicking back through his journals, he remarked how every December he was getting stressed and the stress was all around finance. And it's because, you know, like, like you, like me, you know, he has a business budgeting year end, you know, how things have gone, how they're going to go making plans. How are we going to spend money here? Are we going to spend money there? Are we going to invest money in this? Are we going to invest money in that. And a real benefit to him from journaling was he could go back and go, actually, the fact that I'm feeling a bit stressed, this happens every year. And look, you know, everything goes fine. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's cyclical. That's how he described it. You know, my, my life is cyclical in many ways. <laughs> and I thought that was a really interesting insight from just reviewing your, your journals and go, oh, hang on. You know, I always feel like this. Yep. This isn't you. This isn't something to be, to be really scared of. This is kind of uh, just a, a symptom of modern life and I, I just need to to relax about it so that's a real benefit mm, yeah very good point uh, what has happened before will happen again you know that learning from your past and and learning what those triggers are 
uh, definitely a way to go if you're if you're feeling those same types of things. Certainly, uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about because I think is important and certainly something that I'm dealing with as well. You say one of the changes in your journaling is because of location, mm. not having a consistent place anymore because your routine has changed. Yeah. I, and I wanted to dig in a little bit to that because I've kind of got that same thought. I'm trying to set up somewhat of a minimal work desk, uh, which if you looked at it at the moment is anything but, but I, I'll get there. I'll get there. One of the things I just did was I just bought a large antique roll top desk for, I'm going to make another space in this room for another desk that will be my writing desk and my computer desk will be, well, it's, I've just ordered it. I've got to put it together. It got here the other day. I've got desks everywhere that I have to assemble this weekend, but I've, I've got a adjustable sit stand desk on wheels. So I'll be able to sort of move it around so I can get the best view of my scenery and uh, work out that I've got enough space for everything. But certainly I was in the same places too, in that writing on a computer desk feels cramped, trying to find somewhere that I can write. You know, I don't really want to have my grouchy old man journals lying around on the kitchen table, mm -hmm. you know, not that anybody's going to peek, but that just would be a place of uncomfortableness for me. Sure. And you know, it's, I think both of us work in the basement. So, you know, coming downstairs to grab a journal and then whether I'm going to go have a cup of coffee, where am I going to do that journaling? It's something that I've been thinking about. Um, and the other, the other problem, uh, again, inspired by Stu and not having an Ikea near me, when we talked about how I'm going to set up my office, I wanted some more storage, hence the big roll top desk. When I'm done, I can close it up and I don't have to see any of the stationery that I don't want to see, allowing a much more minimal uh, setup on my desk for work. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is something that I've thought about too, is contextual. Uh, where, where do you sit for your context in terms of what's a good place to write? You know, just sitting, going to a coffee shop is one of those things you can't do anymore. You know, it's, I, I, I'm assuming that Cyprus is a little bit better because you can still sit outside. Uh, you know, when it's four degrees in the morning, you really don't want to be sitting outside at a coffee shop <laughs> for sure. trying to write your, your fingers will freeze and you'll drop more pens on the ground. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, uh, again, you know, this disclaimer, this is a huge first world challenge. Uh, <laughs> there, there are no problems. But for me, I guess mentally, at least, uh, my office has become very work focused, mm -hmm. um, which is, I guess, not a huge surprise for an office. But um, I'm spending more time in here. Um, I've got a lot going on work-wise right now, and I'm, I'm very grateful to be in that position. Now, I do have a couch in here where occasionally I sit and read, but I think the context has become such that, um, I feel guilty now if I'm not working here mm. and that sort of, that affects the, the ability to sort of sit here and, and, you know, stare at the sky and go, what am I going to write? Just feels wrong in this environment. I am very fortunate in that, you know, I've got a, a whole house upstairs like you, I'd be, hmm, yeah, okay, where am I going to leave these journals? not sure. So in my mind right now, as you were talking, I was thinking, okay, maybe I can just that part of the office where the couch is, I can maybe play with that a little bit 
And maybe I could be one of those people who sits sits with a little notebook and on their lap and writes, you know, or you know, on some sort of table. That, mm, I'm not sure. I'm hating that as I say it. So I'm not sure that's going to happen. But um, maybe I just need to commute, you know, all the way up to the kitchen, mm-hmm. and just ha- just have a little bag, little commuter bag, because uh, God knows I've got enough of them. Um, and you know, just put in a put in a journal, put in my Kindle, and maybe just say to myself, oh, I'm going to go and have a, an, an hour me time, you know, whatever that might be, and go, go upstairs and fill in the journal, uh, read, read something, uh, you know, just take a little bit of time to, to, to slow down perhaps. That might be a really healthy way for me to do it, particularly as, as, you know, the house is mine from, you know, seven in the morning through till uh, sort of three, four in the afternoon. But it's probably... Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a challenge. I need to carve the time out. And that's where I'm, I'm finding it difficult at the moment because I have quite a lot of demands on my time already. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one of those benefits and I'm going to confuse myself. I think it definitely makes me more productive. It makes me more balanced. It makes me more targeted and focused which is, you know, I need to be, particularly when I've got a lot on. Mm-hmm. And yet it's the first thing I stop doing when I've got a lot on. All right. Be- because I, you know, I do, oh, no, I've got to work, I've got to work, I've got to work. Well, actually, I'd probably be better taking 15 minutes to say, okay, what am I going to work on? You know, what, what things are truly important? And uh, I, I think we're going to, for me, I'm going to take that way as homework. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I need to work out is how I'm going to build that back in. Uh, if you want to take my homework instead, I've got two desks to build this weekend. So <laughs> you'll enjoy that. You could do that. And I've already got an answer for how, where I'm going to do this. Uh, no, I, I, I think you're, you're on something there that you, you need to have the space to be creative. I've noticed, as you're saying, you know, when you've got a lot of work, work sort of becomes work. One of the things I've done with the new house, uh, you know, again, talk about ultimate privilege. Uh, I have. Uh, well, two desks. One of those is in my studio, which is what I used to use for recording and editing my podcasts. And I do still have my music studio. It's in the next room over. Again, ultimate privilege. I have rooms for all of my hobbies, which makes me, you know, I, I don't want to come across realizing that that is that is a place of huge privilege, and I'm very grateful. Um, for luck and for, you know, the age that I am that I've managed to get to this point. Uh, but what I've started doing is doing everything in one office. I've got this lovely office with a, with a fantastic view and a stupidly expensive monitor. Mm-hmm. But I sit at this desk and I do my jobby job work. I do my online writing. If I'm writing something that needs to go online, I'm generally doing that on this monitor. If I'm editing podcasts or recording, I'm on the same setup. And that has changed the use case of what this desk is from just being, this is a work desk now. I sit down and I have stuff to do at the monitor. And that's why I I bought this other desk, just because I realized that I, I have the same challenges you do. If I sit here, I want my mind goes to worky stuff. And even if I've got things on my mind, I'm going to 
not find the time for it. You know what? I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do that. Here's something that's on my mind that I want to do. I want to check off a couple of things off my analog card. Uh, bef- and then I'll get into the journaling. And the journaling, yeah. it doesn't come. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. come at all. No, no, I, I, we're in exactly the same boat there. Um, I mean, as we've pointed out, and I, I know this is repetitive, but if these are the problems we have, maybe we, maybe we all have problems like these. But um, yeah, it's it, it's important to do, and it's really easy to let it slip. Mm-hmm. It certainly is. All right, Stu, any takeaways from this one? Uh, yeah, mine was uh, was one of inclusion. Okay, so if you're thinking about journaling or you're struggling to maintain a journal or you've stopped journaling like me or slowed down at least, um, I think you should, uh, should experiment. So, you know, maybe you're an analog person like Justin and I, and you want to write this down with a, with a pen in a notebook or, you know, on a card, or maybe you're a digital person. Maybe you want to just get one of those apps. Maybe you just want to put it into a plain text file. I don't know. Um, I, I would certainly give a big shout out for day one. It's a fantastic app, but there's, there's hundreds out there that, that do this. Don't feel that there are any rules about journaling because there aren't. Okay, so if you want to write every week, write every week. If you want to write every day, write every day. If you want to write every three days or four days or five days or occasionally, then do it. If you want to write in the morning or at lunchtime or in the evening, do it. Do, do what works for you. This shouldn't be a chore or a stress. This should be something that actually you'll find can really, really help you work through things. And if you're struggling, just go online. All right, just go online and have a look. And type in, do a Google search on writing prompts. Um, or if you go to the Take Note podcast, uh, listen to those guys. I was just thinking of advertising the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just just uh, Adam will send you writing prompts. Um, you just sign up for them at their website. And they're very good ones too. Yeah, they certainly are. So give it a go. Experiment with it. Work with it a little bit. And I think you might find, you'll find there's a little nuggets in there of, oh, actually, this does help me feel a little bit better. Certainly after today, I am determined to make time in my life to get journaling properly again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. What about you, JT? What have you got as a takeaway? So mine is really, you know, thinking back to the topic, working stuff out in a journal. Go for it. Don't hold back. Don't be afraid to get your thoughts out. You know, maybe you want to take those pages, you want to rip them up, you want to destroy them right after you've written them. Um, Keep a book that is just for you. But don't be afraid to get your thoughts out because sometimes those negative thoughts that we all have in our back of our mind, those frustrations with life, those things that, you know, it's not maybe depending where you are in the world, it's not as easy to go out and bitch about life with your buddies and over a beer or something like that. Get your thoughts out in a journal. You can be as horrible as you want to be when you're not writing for anybody else. You're just writing for yourself. And once you get them out, they're gone. The therapeutic side of that is is amazing, at least for me. And I'm hoping Stu feels the same way. Absolutely. So that that's my thought. Just get it, get it out there. Uh, enjoy it. Get your thoughts out. And then remember that's just for you. And Don't let other people don't need to read your journals, which lets you take the filter off and no filter means better therapy. Yep. Yep. Cool. Fully agree. All right. So where can people find you on the interwebs? 
Uh, well, you can find me at stuartlennon.com, where I write about all sorts of stuff. In fact, this week I wrote about stationary adjacent. Who knew? Uh, or at nerosnotes.co.uk, where I sell a fine selection of stationery for your delectation. I'm still looking up that last word, delectation. Wow. One of us is a professional writer, isn't it? Hey, I love words. <laughs> I think we both are secretly. Secret, secret writers. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? You can find uh, writings about myself, justintwyford.com. I'm talking a lot about, at the moment, about the change in life from moving from a city to the country. Uh, you can also find my writing at writeexperience.com, where you will probably see a eulogy for my broken pen very soon. <laughs> you can find our contact information, stationaryjason.com. I find Stu on Twitter at Stu Lennon and myself at JJ Twyford. Links are in the show notes. Uh, you can email us stationaryjacent at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or just generally feedback about the show, please take a moment to like and review us on your podcast catcher of choice. And we really do appreciate your recommendations to your friends and colleagues that you think may get something about what we talk about. Productivity, journaling, all that good stuff. Our next topic is going to be on rethinking. Do we get stuck in our beliefs? Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us.